Hello and welcome to the Trainer Tools podcast. I'm John Tomlinson. In this month's episode, I'm speaking to Kevin Stevens, and we're focusing more on content rather than process, and he's talking about how he delivers assertiveness training sessions. This was recorded quite early in the morning, so hence my forgetfulness towards the end and my inappropriate use of the word metaphor. Despite this, I hope you find it useful. If you do find this useful, you do like this podcast, and you do want to help to support it, there's no money involved. All you need to do is go to iTunes, write a review, or promote it via social media or something like that. So please do that, and please subscribe. That's very helpful as well, and I hope you find it useful. I'm here again with Kevin Stevens. Hi, Kevin. Hello, John. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for coming back onto this podcast. This time you want to talk to us about how you do assertiveness training. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, how do you want to structure that? How are you going to take us through it? I'd like to look at it. The the audience I'm tending to deal with are, are tend to come from a more sort of unassertive position, if you like. So they, the things they struggle with are quite often sort of pushing back against their boss, saying no to their boss, or sort of speaking up and having their views when they've got they're dealing with fairly aggressive, fairly assertive people. So uh, that's the context. The what I want to talk th- talk through really is uh, how I introduce what's happening in our brain around assertiveness, how I set that up, just to set a context. Then I want to talk about um, how I talk about the the behaviours that might come from that. Then the language that we use and that we can slip into that becomes sort of unassertive. And then uh, I finally finish off with. Um, an exercise I get for people to contrast sort of their journeys um, to becoming more assertive. So all of that is punctuated, if you like, by activities that I'll do, which I'll just explain how I set those up and how I how I do them. Is that oh, okay? Right. Okay. No, that sounds brilliant. Yeah, I have a lot of the similar content that I have to deliver as well. So oh, okay. I'll I'll be busily scribbling notes as you okay. talk. Well, and it may be that some of these things I talk about you use as well. So. Uh, so it's um we'll see we'll see as we go along. So just to reiterate, my, you know my approach is, uh, as you know, John, I try to be uh, where I can very very learner centric. So this is all about trying to get them to think about themselves and the situations they find themselves in and talk about that as a group. So it doesn't come across as me uh, lecturing them um, because I, I believe they learn better by sharing examples and experiences. Uh, through activities so that's my my overall philosophy towards uh what I talk about assertiveness i guess my um my approach to assertiveness has sort of come from the the stuff i've really picked up over the years around and and some of it links to uh there's a there's a pretty good book on it by ken and kate back called assertiveness at work so some of the things i talk about are directly referred to in in that in that book so i just put that put that out there so what i tend to do is um I start the group off by doing what I call a walking walls uh, exercise. So I split a group into three and I ask them to think about what they see in their workplace that constitutes uh, passive stroke, unassertive behavior, aggressive behavior and assertive behavior. So I try and understand where the group are in terms of their understanding about assertiveness as, as a kickoff. Because what I find is, you know, we misuse the word assertiveness in sort of common language and, and people pick up necessarily 
uh, nuances which are sort of incorrect about assertiveness. So it, it sort of helps us to identify the actual behaviours. So what language do people use? How do they behave? What emotions do they use when they're either being passive, assertive or aggressive? And so I get them to start out one of those and then I get them to add to what the previous group have, have done in on each of those flip charts so there's three flip charts around the room in groups of three and then they walk around okay i was just going to say you may want to explain what you mean by walking walls so you mean that you have the flip charts up and people walk around uh, absolutely so there there's if the room is big enough i'll have three points of the room and they walk around and will spend some time or each group will spend some time at each flip chart so if you started at one flip chart you put the first stuff up against whichever flip chart you've been assigned and then each of the other two groups will go to the other two flip charts and what I ask them to do is circle anything they want to challenge or question or discuss in open forum, um, tick anything they agree with and then add anything that they, that they think is missing. Right, okay. okay, that's quite clear, yeah. Yeah, so that... That's a nice start as well, because it's, it's a bit more physical, getting people moving around, which I always like. It, exactly, and, and, and as you see, as we go through this, I, I do try and keep, there's quite a lot of physical movement in, the, in, in, in this session. So they do that, and then what I then draw out from that is, you know, is there a, is there a bit of terminology that we've missed here? And I usually get them to think about passive aggressiveness as a result of that, which I then usually define... So what is passive aggressiveness? So it's that notion of uh, aggressiveness. It's a bit a bit more indirect. So it's a bit more hidden. It's a bit more game playing going on. It could come out through sarcasm or banter or, or that sort of stuff. So I then add a fourth one up once we bring them all together and we discuss as a group. And usually they're still stood up at this point. So there's still, still energy in the room. And then we start to think about, okay, so what happens that's passive aggressive? So by the end of that exercise, we've got a real feel for the types of behavior that we see as opposed to it just being a theoretical exercise i always love bringing the passive aggressive one in yeah i find it's a lot of fun i like i like i like that a lot because a lot of people really do connect with that they and do. understand it when yeah. you explain it and yeah it's surprisingly common it's um that... especially in relationships <laughs> yeah absolutely it is it is very common in relationships it's very common in in lots of situations that you see uh, where you just you don't deal with the issue directly you deal with it in a way that makes you feel good because it's quite funny and humorous but you don't confront the issue yeah so it's, and you can kind of you can kind of back off as well you can say what well, you know because you don't say things directly yeah it's very easy to back back your way out of it as well isn't it and sort of i didn't say that absolutely yeah absolutely so whereas you kind of did really <laughs> yeah absolutely so it's it is it's really interesting and most people do connect with it in their own personal lives and their own, own personal situations as well as in the workplace but what what you get a realization about is that it's not effective behavior in terms of uh, the culture within a team or within an organization or within the department but a lot of it happens so it shines a bit of a light on the fact that a lot of it is happening and and by going along with it and not and fitting in with it sometimes you're not actually helping the situation improve so particularly as managers and leaders we need to confront that behavior where it's becoming a bit pervasive in your in your team or in your organization and that's where we sort of go with that really right okay so I usually find people sort of can relate can relate to that so then move on from that and I talk then about you know, the, the triangle, which is in the, the book I just referred to, which is um, the fight or flight. So I draw a little triangle up on the uh, flip chart, usually, which talks about 
uh, it's quite difficult to draw a triangle when you're trying. I'm thinking about how I'm in audio. That. Yeah. So it, essentially, the three points. That is the draw. That is the drawback. That in is audio the drawback. Yeah. To, to, yeah. You can't draw triangles. You can't draw triangles on audio. Yeah. But anyway, I'll try and explain it in, in my best um, way. So at the top, I'll have at the top of the triangle, the pointy bit. I'll have um, I'll have assertive, and then in the bottom left and right, I'll have uh, passive and aggressive. And I then go on to talk about passive or aggressive being linked to fight or flight in our brains. So it's the notion that as part of our sort of genetic the way we're built, we're built to keep ourselves safe and to keep ourselves comfortable and keep ourselves secure. So that comes out through either those choices that we make about either fighting something or fleeing from it. So fleeing being passive or unassertive behavior or um, fight being the more aggressive type behavior. And so what I'll do is I'll draw up on the flip chart there the, the, the word emotion, and I'll talk about passive and aggressive sort of being riddled uh, essentially with emotion. And then at the top where I'm talking about assertiveness, I, I put the word rational. So we're, t- we're talking about a rational, more of a thought through process when we're being, when we're being assertive. We have to give our brain a bit of, an, a, a, bit of a time time delay to get from our initial emotional reaction to a more rational uh, reaction. So I explain a little bit about you know what goes in our brain, our brain that makes that happen. And I, right, okay. I usually then draw out the, the the notion of you know being assertive is when we respond to a situation. Uh, being passive aggressive is usually when we react to a situation, and there may just be a, a fractional difference in our brain uh, between the two, between reacting or responding. That's an important point, though. It, it's, it is an important. And, it, and if, if you if you get that point, it is quite empowering. Absolutely. People sometimes, you know, a little, a little flicker goes off in the brain and think, yeah, absolutely. Am I too many of the times reacting to situations, you know, quickly and emotionally, or am I giving myself time to think it through a little bit more? And I usually, you know, we, we, sometimes we get into a discussion about that, and we, you know, I usually use the example of an email that comes in that, uh, you know, makes us really, really angry, and occasionally we'll we'll express our anger and we'll ping it straight back. And I contrast yeah. that between, you know, the difference between writing it, putting it into our draft folder, re-looking at it, looking at the language we use, the words we use, and, and then would we send that an hour later? Would we send the same email an hour later? And quite often we would construct it in a different way because our rational brain would have taken over and we would have come out of the of the moment and we would have thought about it in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a slightly different way in a more considered way that's an interesting metaphor actually because i think most people can relate to that yeah and if if you said to most people you know which is the more which is the sort the, the cleverer response it isn't to just it might be to write the email but it's certainly not to send it absolutely absolutely and that's usually what comes out of that discussion so it's really uh, so what I, I therefore talk about is you know the reason that we talk about this and the reason we work on this is it it is a you know, assertiveness is a learned behavior you know we're not born assertive we're born usually to be more of a uh, either a, a passive or unassertive person or a more aggressive person and again sometimes we'll get drawn into a conversation oh yeah you know i've got two kids one is one is more aggressive and is more passive you know so so that that the way we are it is not necessarily helpful in terms of making us. So we have to learn to to learn to to manage ourselves to be more assertive. So that usually makes the, so that makes the point of it's something we can work on, and we never we never quite get there in terms of being fully assertive. So that makes sense so far. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, I I sometimes sort of 
you know talk about the fact that we we didn't evolve to actually live in offices yeah we actually evolved to be in much more primitive Absolutely. environments and therefore our natural primitive responses are not necessarily appropriate for the professional environment yeah absolutely yeah so i use yes i agree and i usually use the example which is probably i feel is quite a common one uh which is around you know if uh if you think about where we've evolved from uh and keeping ourselves safe you know if if a if you're not in the room and the tiger runs in this room i really only have three choices i run which i would do uh or i fight i find something to fight the tiger with or i freeze and i become food so it's a simple example that people can relate to and, and we do find ourselves sometimes in those situations and occasionally we'll get drawn into a short discussion then about okay well, well it's, it's pretty it, it's pretty rare a tiger runs into the training room Kevin <laughs> so we can't you can't say we find ourselves in those situations we don't absolutely however the the example is about our brain and, and the choices that we have uh, when we're in a situation we, where we have to react quickly yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. so yeah but you're right I was being silly, sorry. You were being silly, and uh, I, I do appreciate that. I might not necessarily always pick up on it at sort of 8.02 in the morning, John. <laughs> uh, also, because I can't see you, I can only hear you, but I do I do uh, know your laconic humour now a little bit more than I did. Okay, well, I will, uh, I'll turn it down until it's at least half a state. <laughs> okay, thank you, appreciate it. Uh, so we then talk about, I then move on to talk about la- the language we use. So I use some exercises where I give the groups some because obviously we've been talking for a bit here, so I need to get them to do something at this point, get them a little bit more actively involved. So I give them uh, usually sort of seven or eight bits of language, which are situations where the response that the person gives to that situation is either passive, aggressive or assertive. They have to identify which of those three it is, or it might be passive, aggressive, actually. And then I ask them as a group to uh, reformat the response to be more assertive. Right. Okay. So it makes them think about the language we use, and usually there's some quite I use some quite subtle ones uh, where, if you think about sometimes when we're, we're passive, we're passive because we're sort of democratic. So I use an example where, you know, I want to go to a meeting because I, I've got something to add to that meeting, but the other people can make the meeting, I can't. So I bow to democracy and say, okay, well, never mind, go ahead. As opposed to, no, I really want to be there. Can we actually? Uh, find a date that we can all make right yeah so uh so i use examples where sometimes we slip into being a little bit passive because we think we're trying to be helpful um, but actually we give up on what we're trying to achieve and what our own requirement or goal is and is this something you're just talking about at this stage they're doing exercises so i've given them i've given them exercises with their uh, so it's still part of that same exercise of when they're re- the rewording exercise. they're rewording these uh, scenarios Absolutely, yes. So they're rewriting these scenarios to be more assertive. So again, that draws out the language we use and making sure we use appropriate language. And the other thing I like to, to draw out from that session is you know, one of the, the key aspects of assertiveness that we we'll want to go on and focus on because these are skills we can improve is our ability you know, to ask good questions and to listen properly, listen fully and listen actively. So usually what tends to happen is the response on the scenarios that I give them is a bit one-sided. In other words, it's all about me. So I don't think necessarily about the other person. And in order to think about the other person, I actually need probably to ask them a question to get a bit more information before I respond. So in other words, that's helping me respond 
and not react by asking a question, getting more information, and then being able to move on appropriately from whatever information I get back from that question. Right. Okay. Probably on an audio, it's a little bit difficult to explain the specifics of that, but it does work quite well in getting people to think about the language that we sometimes slip into, which can appear or be received as a little bit aggressive, or on the contrary, could appear to be a little bit, a little bit passive. Yeah. No, I could see that being quite useful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's good. Uh, so so far, then we've done setup around you know what what behavior do we see here what's going on in our brain and then how can that come out in terms of our language and then we get into usually a little bit of conversation about how could that spill out in terms of our body language so that might come, have come out of the previous exercise the walking walls exercise where um, we might have identified some some non-verbal communication that's happening around um, you know people sighing or raising their eyebrows or occasionally clenching their fist or whatever that may have been that indicates they're either being more passive or more aggressive. Right. Um, I'm a bit conscious of time, so... We're, we're fine for time. We're doing no problem at all. Okay, no, that's fine. What, um, what I then tend to do with that is usually we'll have, in this session, we'll have, because a session takes probably about three hours in total, so we'll have had, we'll have, we'll have had a break. I've probably had a break between the, the, the work that we've done around the brain and the the language and then the, the final bit that they then do on this is I ask them to think about you know their own type of behavior and whether it tends to be more passive or more aggressive or more assertive in most situations so I get them to reflect for a while on themselves and then what I do is I draw on the floor and I'm, I'm assuming we have a big room here so in the break I will have drawn on the floor a triangle with masking tape so a three-pointed triangle masking tape, which mirrors the one that I've drawn up on the flip chart, which shows assertiveness at the top, passiveness on the left-hand side, and aggressiveness on the right-hand side at the bottom. Okay. And I call that my assertiveness mountain, or my assertiveness Everest, if you like. So um, I explain the notion that I think we don't ever fully become fully assertive in the sense that we don't, most of us, ever get to the top of Everest. But actually, we... We, we learn to be more and more assertive as we go along by a little bit of trial and error and a little bit of learning what works and what doesn't and a little bit of making sure that we take time to respond appropriately rather than react in, in, in the moment. And what I then do is I ask them to come and stand then on that triangle or that mountain that I've drawn up on the floor in terms of where they think they personally are currently at. So the, the practical point about that is I need to make the triangle big enough that they can all stand and not be on top of each other. Yeah. But at the same time, it gets them to think about being honest with themselves about where they really are. And when they've stood there, I then ask a couple of them, I pick on a couple of them, usually the ones that appear slightly more confident in the room, so uh, to judge this reasonably carefully. I ask them to, to tell the group about their journey. So what's their journey been from did they start out passive and they've got to become more assertive or did they start out aggressive and they got to become more assertive? And I, I get them to talk about situations that they've come across and how they've dealt with that. I, I like that for a number of reasons. First of all, I, I always like something that's physical where people can actually stand up and yeah. be be involved and it's Absolutely. more holistic, isn't it, that you can actually be a sort of whole body experience, I want to say, if that sounds a bit yeah. over the top. but. Yeah. That's much more engaging, much more fun, and people standing around talking about it is really good. 
But yeah. second, secondly, I think it's it makes a very nice metaphor for we each have our own sort of route to climb. Yes. Everybody's got yeah. a slightly different challenge. We're all trying to go in the same direction. Everybody's it's a mountain for everybody. Yeah. But we all have to approach it slightly differently. And having it so sort of physical in the room like that and and so visible is that you can yeah. see very clearly how every not only does everybody have the challenge, but also everyone has that slightly different challenge. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, very much so. So I really um, like that. I think that's really good. Yeah, it's really useful. It's really it's really powerful. And what um, I also like about it is we're able to draw out from that discussion the fact that, you know, this is not it's not a perfect smooth graph, this. So, you know, if we're slightly more passive and we try something different, it can for us, it can feel a little bit aggressive. And sometimes for the other person, if it's a change of behavior, it can feel aggressive. So we might need to see how it feels and then tone it, rein it back a little bit. So quite often we're moving up and down as well. So it's not like we are climbing a mountain. We're actually going up a step and then we come back a couple of steps in order to go up to the next point. So we're constantly reevaluating. So I just draw out the point. You know, so I then ask, usually ask the group, so how do we know how we're doing? Um, which normally means gets uh, a stunned silence. So eventually we draw out the point that it, it's all about practice and feedback practice feedback practice feedback so either our own feedback on how it how it lands with us but more importantly make sure we get feedback from people that we work with either our boss or people that we interact with you know regularly or, or our trusted colleagues on how we're doing on that journey assuming that we want to get more assertive yes that's an interesting point why do you say interesting because i'd made the assumption that of course everyone wanted to get more assertive otherwise they yes. wouldn't be in that session so it's interesting that you would bring up that challenge. Yeah, I always discuss that notion because some some because some people choose to be passive. And so sometimes we have a discussion about, OK, so what makes you choose being passive? Uh, and then that goes down a route of, oh, I've got the re this really obnoxious boss or whatever, this really aggressive boss. I don't feel I can ever challenge him or her. And so that leads us into a bit of discussion. You know, what have you tried? And, and quite often what's interesting about that is the group actually say, well, I, you know, I've had this, but actually I've found that I've started to be more assertive with this person and it started to work. So, you know, what have you done? So we get into the group sharing a little bit about their own experiences here, because I think it is it is um, it, it does make a point sometimes that we we settle for second best, if I can put it that way, in terms of we could be more assertive, but we think we can't. So we don't try. That's that's an interesting point. Maybe that's a point that particularly chimes with the audience. That because quite often the audiences I'm working with, you think about the context of this is, you know, they might be people that've been around for quite a while, but actually have got a little bit uh, fixed in their ways based on the culture that they're working in, and they sort of feel they don't necessarily think they can change their situation by by changing the way they behave. So they become a little bit safe in terms of the way they the way they operate, and so you know they won't. They won't say no, or they won't push back, or they won't challenge the boss. Well, I think that that's an interesting point, and I was going to make it. I was going to ask the question in a slightly different way. Yeah. Because there is the the point about assertiveness is, as you quite rightly said, it's not that kind of emotional reaction. It is a kind of take a step back and a, yeah. and deliberately practice a learned behaviour in a response rather than a reaction. That involves a choice, and there's a yes, choice absolutely. of when when do you do this and when do you not do this? So there is a yep. choice where you think, well, actually, now is a moment to be passive and just shut up. And yep. other times where, no, now is a moment where I should be assertive. Yeah. And that's the bit that ha 
hasn't been touched on yeah. in what you talked about yet is when do you make that choice? How do you make yeah. that choice? It depends on the level of the group. And, you know, sometimes you'll get people in the group who will say, yeah, but, but I, ch- I choose that because actually it's a strategy that I have that I'm not going to pick up on everything, but actually the really big issues, the really important issues I'm actually going to, going to push back on. So it's that notion of sometimes, you know, we do have to form a strategy which says, okay, if I behave in this way every single time, um, I'm going to become one incredibly annoying and one, it's going to be incredibly tiring. But if I choose my moments and I choose my battles, um, actually that might be a more effective way of doing it. There are certain things that are really, really important. They might be my red line issues. Those are the ones I'm really going to make make a point on. And so we tend to then get into a discussion about, you know, what what is, because quite often people will say, in that group yeah but the trouble is if i if i say something's a bad idea i get accused of being negative so we get into okay so what's constructive challenge versus being negative so how do we phrase it uh, what language do we use how often do we do that when do we do that and we get into a discussion about a more strategic approach to it if you like okay so i'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that if that's yeah. okay because i yeah, think that you can go in off in lots of different directions now, and then the thread never ends because there's yeah. the, the pick the battles thing. Yeah. There's there's the uh, as you just said, there's the kind of survival. Is it appropriate yeah. to, to to play dead effectively yeah. to just as yeah. a survival mechanism? There's yeah. and then you've got what you just said about constructive challenge versus negativity. Yeah. So that that's to me that's kind of the next stage. That's at the yeah. moment we're just talking about learning a skill. We're not talking yeah. about when you choose to use that skill. Yeah. We're not we're not talking about the picking the battles thing, which is kind of a bigger sense. We're yeah. just talking about learning the behaviours that allow you to express yourself and communicate more assertively. Yeah. How you use that is a different point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just feel you end up tugging at a thread that never yeah. ends. Yeah, it's fair, 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 fair comment. Um, so just to answer your question, what the way? Because I'm getting towards the end of the session now. So the way that I uh, end the session usually is we've had that discussion um, and usually the feedback is that that discussion is really, really useful because it's actually starting to open up the choices that I have that maybe I hadn't thought they were choices that I did have based on other people's experiences in the group. And so what I what I do then is because you're right, the, the, the temptation is that you can target a thread and go on forever. So. I ask them then to, to to sit back down following that discussion. Sometimes that discussion is richer than others. And then I just ask them to think about what they're going to do differently and when. And some of them will immediately write that down. Others will be more reflective. Others want to talk it through in groups and pairs. So I give them that option to talk it through with, with other colleagues, particularly if they've got colleagues in the room that they currently work with. So they can then contrast, okay, this particular person that we both have to get on with who is really awkward. Okay, what what does this mean in terms of us, in terms of our behaviours? And so then ask them to think about that and to to just write something down on the basis that if they write something down, they're more likely to focus on it and remember it uh, and do something differently next time. Yeah, I quite agree with that. And I think I learnt from Roger Greenaway on a previous podcast here when he was talking yep. about learning transfer. Yeah. He was saying about the importance not of explaining the fact that write something down, yeah. but, you, but you probably can't just copy that behavior and use it directly in the workplace. You might have to translate yeah. it into your own Absolutely. personality and your own context. Yeah. Or it may be just something that you know is useful, but you can't use immediately. 
yeah. and that's fine too. So what the action you write down is revisit this in three months, six months, or whatever. Yeah. It might not necessarily be tomorrow. I'm going to change. It yeah. could just be three months. I'm going to re- just remind myself that yeah. there was an interesting idea in here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the final bit I do is I, I, I try and bring it back into, so how do I know how I'm doing? Uh, so I ask them to think about, okay, who in their, who in their circle, you know, whether that ideally it's that line manager, uh, who should be trying to encourage them to become more assertive, but that's not always the case. Who in their circle or their network at work could they talk to about this and actually get the, get them to check in with regularly in terms of the progress that they're making? So I'm trying to get them to translate what we talked about into their own behaviours in their own workplace um, and commit to it. And by, by committing to it in the room, that's one thing, but then committing to it afterwards is about actually sharing it with someone and getting someone to progress check it. And are they doing that individually? They're doing that individually. Some of them want to talk it through, and I give them this option of, of with someone else in the room if, if, if they, they – because they might have a joint – issue with a particular person um yesterday for example i was with a group in london where we were we were not talking about assertiveness we were talking about influencing skills part of which obviously involves being assertive and there was two people in the room who sat opposite sides of the room who became apparent they were talking about the same person who was a particularly awkward and challenging person and they were trying to get them to change their behavior and so we or i Working with a colleague. Um, do you know David Matteson, John? No, I don't. No, David. Yeah, I was working with a colleague, David, and, and we were uh, we were encouraging them to just to talk based on what we talked about. I don't want to get into that now because it's a different context, but getting them to share that between them. And that they found that very useful because they don't, although they have the same individual that they're concerned with, they don't necessarily get to work in the same office as each other. Yeah, there's always that different style about whether people prefer to talk things through or yeah. whether they prefer to do it on their own, reflect on their own. We all have that different approach. We do, don't we? We have the four different learning styles. So you get the reflectors who sometimes they, they do struggle a bit sometimes to, within the time we have available, to come to a point where they can actually write something down, which is fine. So, you know, I would just, if, if, I, if I notice that in the room, I'll just pick that up and maybe I'll have a quiet chat with them and say, you know, although I'm pushing you a little bit now, you know, I am pushing you for a reason because this needs to be meaningful when you get back into your workplace. But if you prefer to think it through uh, and get to your own point, do that. Do that separately. Well, don't get me onto learning styles. That would be a whole new area. I'm not going to go. I'm not gonna, I'm not that was get a bit. Of, that was a bit of a red rag. I'm afraid saying. Was it? You've, you've got your four different learning styles. Yeah, but I won't get onto that because that would be a whole 75-hour-long podcast. Which it would, and it's not one of the. It's not one of the things that I'm planning to cover with you, John, in my podcast, that one. Okay, Kevin. So if I'm going to try and summarize what you've said so far, which you're going to need to help me with because it is early in the morning, but you started off by, I've completely forgotten. What did you say? (laughs) Yeah. So we were looking at the different aspects of assertiveness. So I've covered it really in in four sections. First section is just around trying to cast a light on the behaviors that they see that constitute passive-aggressive Sorry, passive, assertive, aggressive, and passive-aggressive behaviour. So you started off by talking about, by putting on the walking walls, you talked about it, didn't you? That's Where right. you had the, the passive, yeah. the aggressive, and the assertive sheets, and you had people walking around recognising behaviours. Yes. And then that spilled into talking about passive-aggressive as that fourth one. Yes. Remind me where you, did, where you took that next. And then um, I then talked about, okay, so what is going on in our brains that um, that behaviour is, if you like, a symptom of? So I then 
Uh, so this is the whole psychology thing around the fight psychology, flights, the triangle, amygdalas. Yeah, I don't necessarily bring in amygdalas because uh, to to me that that sends of a bit of signal that I'm going into too much depth. So I just talk about it in what I call very simple terms about what's happening in our brain, how we can sometimes re- react and not respond, uh, how we need to learn to be assertive. Assertiveness is a, is a more considered option. What are the components of it, etc. I then go and look at the language. So do get them to an exercise around. Okay, so how does that play out in terms of the language we use? What might what language might be passive, aggressive, or assertive? And I get them to that exercise where they they reformat a response to a situation that's more so it's more assertive using more assertive language. And then uh, ask them to think about their own uh, behaviours in most situations in the workplace. And then I ask them to come and stand on the the triangle. Your big triangle or mountain. It's become mountain. a mountain. Yeah. My my assertiveness Everest, if you like, and then that provokes a discussion about uh, from particularly the more the ones that are keen to share about their journey in terms of what they've tried, what they haven't tried, what worked, what hasn't worked. And I try and draw out the contrast between someone that started out as a passive, in a more passive person, and have had to push themselves and assert themselves more versus those that started out more aggressively and they've had to rein back whilst realising the impact of their behaviour can be can be more aggressive than they want it to be. And then I ask them to finally to think about their own uh, situations and contexts and then just commit to doing something differently and then make sure that they like, write that down, they commit, they may want to share it with a, uh, someone else in the room and then ask them to think about how they're going to track that, how they're going to track their progress against the thing they've written down. Yeah, reaching out to people around them, colleagues, support groups. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which is really important because it is a behavioural change. So it's one of those things where it's about changing absolutely. a habit and trying to acquire a more positive habit. Yeah, absolutely. And then what I will usually do, I have a little sort of soft squeezy ball and I get them all to stand up and... Uh, we do an exercise where when they have the ball, they can talk. When they don't have the ball, they can't. So I get them just to share with the group the thing that they're going to do. Again, on the basis that if they share it publicly, they're more likely to commit to it and, and do it. So they do that in turns. Uh, so they'll say the thing they're going to change. Then they'll throw the ball to the next person who will say the thing they're going to change, throw the ball to the next person until it completes. So get them to sit down after they've said what they're going to say. So it, it creates a sort of what I call a, uh, a natural ending of commitment to action which is if we think about you know why we're in the room we're in the room to try and encourage people to challenge themselves to to change their behaviors effectively yeah you've gone quiet there john yeah sorry yeah i thought you were going to continue that point that was all no 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 that's that that's it so it's just it's just my way of sort of finishing it off with so it has a bit of energy but it also has that notion that you know, I'm going to, if I share something publicly, I'm more likely to commit to it. Yeah, it's always a good ending to have some kind of, one, some kind of something physical, of course, but also something reflective on the content, but also requires a commitment to the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. I think there's some really useful ideas in there, many of which I will be copying. So thank you for that. Okay, I hope it's useful. And I hope to see you again on this podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you. I hope the uh, audience um, or the listeners find it useful. So that was Kevin Stevens talking about how he runs assertiveness training sessions. I hope you found that useful. hope you enjoyed it. I hope my memory lapses weren't too distracting. I don't know what we've got next month. I haven't decided yet. 
But if you'd like to contribute yourself, please do get in touch with me. You can go to the Trainer Tools website, trainer-tools.com. There's a contact form on there. And if you're interested in contributing something to this podcast, please get in touch. Thanks and see you next month. Thank you.